Welcome to Your Career Podcast, the podcast that helps to ensure your career success. To start getting on track with your career, download my free career goals calendar from thecareersacademy.online. My goals calendar includes a smart goals template and a weekly tasks sheet that will ensure step-by-step you get closer to reaching your career goals. So download my goals calendar today at thecareersacademy.online. Now on with the show. Welcome to Jane Jackson Careers, a podcast that takes your career to the next level. Here's your host, Jane Jackson, author of Amazon Careers bestseller, Navigating Career Crossroads. Well, hello and welcome back to my careers podcast where I interview fascinating professionals who've made amazing career changes. Now, today I'm delighted to have on the show Natalie Noakes. Now, Natalie is an Australian-American born and raised in Singapore. She's had an international upbringing and possesses a bachelor's degree in science from Sydney University. And after graduation, she became an environmental scientist. After working, though, as a water scientist, hydrologist in Sydney for five years, she decided to do something different and live out one of her dreams to be a ski bum for a few months in the mountains of Colorado. She chose to move to Aspen and soon the few months turned into two years. Natalie fell in love with the outdoor lifestyle and culture that Aspen has to offer. Now, at first, Natalie worked a series of three or four jobs in hotels and restaurants each season just to make ends meet because she was living in a very expensive ski town. Babysitting, though, was always one of her preferred jobs. After a few seasons, Natalie's love of children, the Aspen lifestyle, and the great families she's met over the years spurred her on to create her own company, Aspen Nannies. Natalie strives to provide reliable, safe, and fun babysitters that give parents peace of mind while they relax and enjoy time to themselves. Now, this young entrepreneurial lady is actually my goddaughter. She's amazing, and I was always very proud of her as an environmental scientist, and now I'm even more proud of her that she's become an entrepreneur. So let's welcome Natty to the show and find out all about her. Good morning, Natty. Hi, Jane. Now, actually, it's probably not morning for you. It it must be late at night for you because you're over in in Aspen at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, correct. I'm uh, looking out the window at the mountains now as we speak. Oh, how beautiful. Okay, so Natty, let's find out all about your story. So your career path. When you were a little girl and when I knew you way back when in Singapore, before we all moved to Sydney, what were your career aspirations? As a little child, my career aspirations were always either to do with animals or the environment. Um, I loved both and sort of was thinking a vet or something to do with the environment. When you graduated from high school and then were deciding on your topics for um, or your subjects for university, was it environmental science that really jumped out at you? Uh, It was actually. And um, I sort of felt like I was fulfilling what I what I thought I'd always wanted to do. Um, I enjoyed studying it. Um, And then, yeah, I went to work in the field um, for five years. However, I was always itching to get out as soon as I started working there. I 
I mean, I learned some great things about it, but I was always looking um, for something different. Oh, okay. And why do you think that was? Because you spent so many years getting qualified. And I remember when you first started working, you were doing some really interesting work going up to the Hawkesbury River and analyzing water and doing all sorts of things. What were the pluses and what were the minuses of that particular role? In that particular role, a big plus was the security of the job, working for the government, always knowing um, your set salary, um, having a comfortable, you know, you're never generally overworked. Um, and also it was very intellectually stimulating, gathering lots of data, having to use that scientific part of your brain. Um, I'd have to say the negatives to that is that um, you're working a lot with numbers and it's less to do with people and social interaction. It's um, more report writing and a lot of desk work as well as some outside work. And also it was a little bit boring to me doing the same thing all the time, you know, working underneath other people, having a set schedule. Whilst that can be a good thing was actually a bad thing for my type of personality. Mm. (laughs) And I I remember how you always like to get into all sorts of things (laughs) when you were younger. And I guess it it came through once you started in in your your career as well. But so you you were with the company with Sydney Water for five years. And so you did really, really well at Sydney Water. So by the time five years came about, um, what, what position did you hold then? And what prompted your change? I was a hydrographer then, and what prompted my cha- like my wanting to change was more, I wanted to experience more. I'd been in Sydney then for 10 years. Um, I have an American passport. I wanted to go experience more around the world. I was, it was too comfortable in my job. I'd been doing it for five years. Whilst there were new projects, it was still very much the same concepts. So, and really what I wanted to do was just, at first fulfill one of my dreams, which was to go be a ski bum in Aspen. And I was just originally going to do that for three months. And then I was going to move to New York and pursue my career in science. Mm, Okay. And so that didn't happen, did it? No. no. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you you went, you went over, you were a ski bum, you were skiing, you were enjoying yourself in the snow, having a wonderful time, taking on lots of, lots of, um, Odd jobs here and there to help make ends meet because it was expensive. And, you know, well, as you say in your bio, babysitting was always one of your preferred jobs because I know you love children as well. But so, okay, what was the little spark of inspiration for you to set up your own business? Um, So I've tried before to set up my own business back home as a little side job as well. Like once I had a dog walking business. So I've always been a go-getter in that sense of starting my own business. But really, I felt like the job, the company sort of chose me. What happened was I had too much. I basically had too much work. I had too many requests for babysitting um, that I myself could not fulfill. So it sort of ended up landing in my lap. So I started giving jobs um, away to my friends. And I was spending so much time collaborating with other people, other hotels, and fixing up my friends with jobs that I was like, well, I could make money doing this. <laughs> and um, I really liked the idea of, I think, 
just it it's adding to for me i've been in so many menial jobs here where it's great i get that social interaction that i crave but i'm not using um that sort of mental side of my brain where um i have to think about a whole bunch of different things mm, so now that you've set up this business uh, obviously you're you're getting all of the scheduling just right and you're building the business you've got the business development side of it you're liaising with hotels you're actually influencing situations aren't you so that hey you know come and use aspen nannies uh because of the great service that you provide what what was it like actually setting up the business because i'm i'm in australia and so i know how you set up a business here what are the challenges of actually setting up a business in america um what's the process that you need to go through So one of the biggest things, particularly with a babysitting company, is insurance. And in America, everyone tries to sue everyone. (laughs) So part of the issues with that is trying to find affordable but good insurance. Um, And that really, that was really difficult on my end. I I, um, sort of spoke to a bunch of different insurance brokers. Um, until I finally found someone who gave me a whole bunch of different options, depending on how I was basing the business. So whether I wanted to choose to have contractors or employees. Um, so that was new. So even so that the insurance was one of the biggest, uh, things for me starting up and then deciding whether I wanted to be an LLC or, um, just work under my name. Um, so a lot of reading of that. I luckily have a few friends here in town who are employment lawyers um, so um, and business lawyers. So I spoke with them, um, decided to go with the LLC setup. Um, they helped me collaborate an uh, operating agreement, my employee contracts. Um, it's a lot of admin and then applying to the government um, for your employee identification number. Um, and then the tax side of things is a whole nother different kettle of fish um, because whilst I've had my own business before, I've never had employees. So it's it's not too difficult. It's just time consuming. It's mm. getting the right tax documents, making sure first and foremost, that your employees fill out all the correct information too. And then um, I have to go ahead and create all my background checks on all my employees as well, making sure A, they're legal to work here and B, um, that you know they haven't had any prior convictions. Mm, there's an awful lot to consider when, when actually setting up a business like this, especially when you've got multiple employees and then you're, yeah. you're entrusting them to, to really look after uh, people's children as well. So it sounds like you've got all the right legal advice, all of the right insurances. You've got a really good head on your shoulders, you know, so so you're getting, uh, speaking with the right people in order to get it all set up. And so once you did that, um, how do you find uh, getting your team members? Do you, do you find the recruitment side of it difficult? Um, it's been a little bit tricky to get exactly what I want. Sometimes I've had requests for, for example, a Spanish speaking nanny who can work certain days. So, and they want to be, they've negotiated a certain rate as well, which isn't my normal sort of rate. So, uh, in that side of things, when I get specific requests like that, it can be a little bit difficult, um, difficult. 
However, I've got such a strong network here that, to be honest, all the babysitters I've hired, I personally know. So they're, they all started out being my friends and now they're friends of friends. Um, and there's a big network of also even J1s who are coming, who I previously knew their friends. So the nice thing is that it can be a good and a bad thing having friends working for you. But the nice thing is that I, I've known them and I have, I know their history. I know their friends. Um, and that's an interesting way to, to hire. I have never had to sort of post in the newspaper. Um, it's more been through word of mouth and through talking to friends of friends. Yeah, I think I think leveraging the network's the most important thing, especially for a business like this. And knowing yeah. that you're able to personally vouch for each member of your staff is is okay. so important. Yeah. So I think you've gone about it just just the right way. And so, how many people have you got working for you now at Aspen Nannies? Underneath me, I have about twenty. Um, however, a lot of them do also have full-time jobs, so they might only work for me on the weekends. Um, I've, you know, got one girl, she's a teacher, so she only works evenings. Um, I've got another, I've got a few people who are au pairs as well, so they work around their family schedules. So I have 20 people currently on my books, but, you know, some of them might not work for two weeks. It's a very flexible working schedule they just work when they want yeah Um, I guess guess that it must be really quite seasonal as well as to how many people that you'll need exactly and often people do come and go Um, I do have a course that you know it's preferable to have people who are here long term but there are people who come to work for the seasons and then leave Um, and particularly when it's off season, um, I really don't need any employees to be honest, like maybe one or two max and it's mostly working with local families. So, um, it is very much a seasonal uh, season. It's, and it's kind of difficult to balance that. Um, I try and do most of my hiring in the off season so that come winter season, I'm ready and I have a whole list of people ready to go. You know, during the peak seasons, because Aspen, Colorado is such a popular holiday destination, you'll be getting people from all over the world, uh, you know, different nationalities, different cultures, all requiring uh, babysitting services. How do you think that your international background, having grown up in Singapore, spent your university days, high school and university days in Sydney, and now traveling all over the world. How do you think that helps you when it comes to matching up the right nanny for the right family? I think I can relate to the families and understand how it is traveling around and how it is traveling around with kids. Um, I also think that having that international background, I can sort of see the family and try and link their similar culture with the similar with the babysitter who's either been brought up from that same country or who's you know spent a lot of time there i've got people i've got uh brazilian american mexican french german i've got a whole range of that's what's great about aspen is that there's a whole bunch of different nationalities that live here and so I've hired people from all these different nationalities and being able to link them with the families. Um, it's it's funny. They just instantly have this connection if they're from the same country. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, it makes such a difference, doesn't it? And it makes them feel a lot more secure when yeah. le- when leaving their babies, you know, for a couple of hours or or just for dinner or whatever it might be as well, while they go off and ski and enjoy the snow. And, <laughs> and so now, what would you say? Setting up a business in America, and you're a young mm-hmm. entrepreneur, and this is this is really an amazing startup business that's going very very well and taking off so fast. Um, what would your top tips for success be for another young entrepreneur? I would have to say, being in this type of business, being able to be contacted all the time is very important. It can be frustrating to always have to be by your phone and responding to texts and emails, but it's all about good customer service is being able to get back to them straight away. So constantly being able to be on call at any hours of the day, this isn't a nine to five job. Babysitting doesn't work like that. So being able to be on call really 24 hours is I think is a really important in, in this industry. And another tip I would say is really get some good people. It's all about your business is only as good as the people that you hire because they're really going to be the face of the business. They're the ones that are going to be going there and working for you. So I really would spend some quality time uh, investigating your employees and not only just your employees, but, as well, like say your insurance broker or say your, um, your employment lawyer. It's really about having good people around you, helping you go forward. Um, I think that's also one of the big main things with helping your business. Um, thirdly, I would say again, it's, yeah, it's networking. It's, that's how I've got all my jobs is really been, it's not the website. It's not the Yelp. It's not the Facebook. It's really been through the relationships that you build. um, And that's what ensures repeat business as well. Mm, Yes, I think really, really sensible, sensible tips. I like this one. The business is only as good as the people you hire. That's so true. And um, how are you enjoying the leadership role? It's been tricky. I haven't normally been in a leadership role like this, particularly when some of the people under me are my friends. But what I like about it is that I can approach them and I genuinely want to know how is it from their end. And I feel like they can tell me honestly because I'm their friend as well. It's an honest communication. Um, so I, I feel like, and I feel like in a lot of ways, I'm not really a leader, but I'm working with them because they're the ones going out in the job and I'm just really finding them the job. So in a lot of ways, I don't, I don't feel like their leader. Um, I feel like I'm sort of doing their background admin a lot, which can be tricky to stay organized. Um, But yeah, at the end of the day, it's nice. It's nice being able to have a rapport with each of my sitters. And in a way, I just don't even feel like a leader. Mm -hmm. You know, you've 
You've just, I think your background that, that you've had has been absolutely amazing because with, you know, you enjoy the intellectual stimulation. Now, you said that when you were an environmental scientist, as a hydrologist, you, you, you got a little bit bored because it was too much working with the numbers, but you're able to do it really well. And that, that analysis side is so important when you set up your business plan too. Um, and, and also, obviously, you need to have a good, good uh, head for numbers when you're actually building a business. So you've got that analytical side. You love people. You love animals. You love children. And so you've combined that analytical side with a very high feeling um, natural behavior too and the ability to be able to um, make friends, get really good business um, network building up as well. And you've combined everything really well, Natalie. I know I'm really I'm so excited I'm so excited that you've set up this business because it's it's the entrepreneurial streak in you that that's (laughs) so true when it comes to entrepreneurs they get bored so easily very very typically that's what it is and you notice it when children are quite young that you know if they've got an entrepreneurial streak they're always doing something different they do get bored they create things and I, I remember way back when when you set up your dog walking business and then another stage was when you were importing dog clothing um, and <laughs> and that's a true entrepreneur where you where you try something okay let me import stuff from China and see if I can sell it as well and then now you've followed your true love you love being in the outdoors um, and in Aspen Colorado what a beautiful place I'm going to have to come and visit but more importantly if people want to find out about Aspen Nannies where can they find you? So they can look at our website, which is aspennannies.com. Don't forget that nannies has two N's. A lot of people do. Um, Otherwise, you can check our Facebook page, which is um, just uh, facebook.com slash aspennannies. Otherwise, feel free to email me as well if you have any questions at contact at aspennannies.com. Perfect. I'll put all of these contact details in my show notes on janejacksoncoach.com as well. And we'll have a nice photo of, of Natalie there so we can see what she looks like. But I think certainly what you're building now, Natalie, it's it's a real values-based business, a, a, you know, a limited liability company or a private limited company that is helping people who are on holiday who want to feel safe uh, who want to be able to enjoy themselves and you obviously live and breathe this this love of you know the people and building really solid friendships too so congratulations on that thanks jane thanks a lot (laughs) okay and so let's follow aspen nannies on facebook and um, i hope that you just enjoy your evening in wonderful aspen colorado Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download and free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. There are over 180,000 book titles to choose, so give it a go and get your free audiobook today from audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. You've been listening to Jane Jackson Careers. Sign up to receive regular career advice at janejacksoncoach.com.
If you enjoyed this episode of Your Career Podcast, I invite you to check out my career success program at thecareersacademy.online. The Career Success Program is the original program that uniquely provides 24-7 on-demand career support and fortnightly live career coaching sessions to keep you on track to reach your career goals. It is the essential resource for anyone who wants to manage their career effectively, make a career change and land the job they'll love. Whether you're in exploration mode or seeking a new career direction and need help to make it a reality, the Career Success Program is for you. Not only do you get access to my step-by-step roadmap to navigate your career crossroads, my extensive training library and exclusive members-only discounts and tools, you'll also become part of my supportive community of professionals who will help you with feedback, encouragement and advice. All this and more makes the Career Success Program the number one place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow their career. Check it out and join me at thecareersacademy.online.